We dedicate this season to friend of the pod, Christian Salisbury, a life and talent taken from the herd way too early. He will be remembered for his speed and agility, but most of all, his smile and infectious enthusiasm. If you're able, go to the link in the description and donate to the Christian Salisbury Memorial Fund and help more kids like Christian find their way to professional football. Carry that rock in peace, my friend. You will be missed. Hey, fellas! We ain't gonna ever back down from nobody! I don't care who it is! This is a brotherhood! And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied! One of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, everybody, uh, where we huddle up to talk everything about the Edmonton Elks and the CFL. Uh, we're a proud member of the CFPN, which you saw earlier. And thanks for joining us live on YouTube. And if you've downloaded the pod, thank you for downloading. Uh, and make sure that you share and make sure you uh, subscribe. All those things. Let all your fans know so that we can get everybody into the show. Uh, we have an amazing show for you this evening. Uh, before we get started, we just want to send out our uh, thoughts to everyone that was evacuated, both between uh, Northwest Territories and BC, and we're thinking about you. Uh, let's first bring in uh, my... my my, my co-host for the evening, evening because, because Mike is Mike on the is one on the game, game sh- or the one show, the one show list. list. Is that what we're going to call it? Yeah, yeah. He's going. injured. Commissioner Kayla, how are you? Ah, uh, well, you know, this pre-show was excellent, so I'm <laughs> I'm excited for the main stuff. Yes, yeah. me too. Me too. It's going to be amazing. Um, and how was the rest of uh, your week after you know a win? Oh my gosh, I just got to breathe. It was just like. For once, I don't care what happens for the rest of the week because we got to win. Like, <laughs> wow, I'm just so like relaxed. <laughs> I was, I was um, immediately excited that we're gonna get to have this conversation. So that's great, right? Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, the where the doves release the doves. It is like a celebrate. No, we'll do that on Sunday. Sunday Sorry, Sunday. Yeah, champagne bubbles on Sunday. That's right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, let's uh, bring in our guests, shall we? All right, we, uh, at the game this weekend, uh, we're going to be celebrating the 2003 Grey Cup team. Um, Of course, one of the players from that team is going up on the EE Wall of Honor. Uh, We decided to celebrate a little bit early and bring in some alumni from that team. Let's bring them in. Uh, On our left on your screen is one, Singor Mobley. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Uh, then in the middle, you'll see the uh, the man of the hour going up on the wall of honor. Uh, first time on the podcast, Terry Vaughn. Welcome for, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And on the right-hand side is our good friend of the show as well, Mr. Rick Walters. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, good. I'm not sure how I follow 
Terry's introduction. So. <laughs> <laughs> you do it just like that. You got to <laughs> throw a little humor in and we're ready to go. Uh, so now there's going to be quite the group of you guys together here this coming weekend. Um, tell us a little bit about what does it mean to all of you to be kind of back together with some of these guys celebrating that cup win from 20 years ago? And uh, Terry, let's start with you. Actually, I didn't find out about the uh, the Grey Cup that we were celebrating the Grey Cup until Singor told me uh, <laughs> probably uh, about a week ago. He texted it to me, and uh, that's when I actually found out. Uh, I was unaware. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they really just made mention of the wall, uh, going up on the wall, and uh, I had no idea the uh, – they were celebrating a 2003 win. Oh, that's okay. Well, it'll yeah. be cool to get all these guys back together again. So, oh, no doubt, definitely. Well, tell us then what what's it like going up on the wall? I don't know. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that's, um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Honestly, uh, it wasn't. Uh, it really was out of the blue. Wasn't expected, and uh, you know now that. Uh, I understand that that's happening. That's that's kind of cool. Um, kind of cool. Um, I've uh, never really um, thought of myself uh, in that way, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty nice uh, recognition. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It's awesome. You, were, you, were, you were a great player. Let let's go let's, back let's to. Go back to but being, being to all being together to all together uh rick uh, rick how do you feel how about you feel getting, about everybody, getting everybody, together? everybody together um you, you know what it, it's one of those opportunities it, it's funny because um uh, even though we're we're separated by distance um it really seems like yesterday when, when when you get back in a room whether it's on on this podcast or get back together down in commonwealth or wherever the the camaraderie that um over those few years that we, we all had together, just it, it feels like they really were your brothers. You grew so much together. And, and, and so it's it's kind of like a, a brotherhood that you, you don't realize how much time has passed and, and, and you reconnect on old stories, old times. And and you, you laugh at the, the, you know, the jokes that you told, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and, and it's great to see the guys. It really is because um, uh, you just you did so much together. You spent so much time together that um, uh, it, it's always unfortunate. I think as you get a little bit older, sometimes you only see people uh, at funerals, it seems like, and, and people you really, really care about and spent a lot of time together. Uh, and, and especially through COVID, you always think that we should find a way to connect more often. And, and, and sometimes you never do. So it's, it's great that the club and the team are, are organizing something like this and, and, and bringing everybody together to, to spend some time with people you really, really care about. Fantastic. Fantastic. What about you, what about Stingor? You, Stingor? Oh, it's already oh, great. Uh, oh, we, oh, we, no, no. Hey, brother, brother. You know, 2002, we went through some stuff. You know, we got, <laughs> uh, then we came back 2003, and everyone had a different mindset. Um, you know, but the one thing in 2003 that everyone forgets about was that blackout in Toronto. Um, 
you know, that's what I think really brought us together as, as a team, as a whole, or as brothers, as, you know, guys that really cared about each other um, because we had to do something that no team really had to experience. Um, you know, we, we had to get along with, this, with each other. There wasn't, you know, go to practice, go home and do your thing. We're stuck in a hotel <laughs> for a few days. And, um, you know, you talk to guys that you didn't normally talk to um, that brought us together. You, you actually found out what that person likes. Um, so 2003 was, was a special year, and it's great for us all to come back and see each other and um, see Terry go up on the wall. I mean, I had to play against him several times in my football career <laughs> in that U of A. Yeah. Um, and then when he was in Calgary, I mean, you know, when you're averaging a thousand yards receiving every year of your professional career, you know, that there's no other place to go is on a wall and, uh, you know, Hall of Fame. Amazing. That's incredible. And gents, I just need you to go back in time and think about some of these jokes and you can tell us, I'll give you some time to tell us, but I really want to know some of these jokes and stories. So keep that in the, the back of your head while we go forward. But I like you kind of spoke on uh, 2002, but I, I'm, I want to talk about the 2003 team just a little bit. Um, Rick, we'll start with you. What, what was it like just being with that core group of guys and that core, re that receiving core and, just tell us a little bit behind the scenes of how you guys bonded and came together to to bounce back in 2003. You know, we, we came together based on the 2002 season uh, because the way the way that um, we lost um, uh, that game, there really was coming back into 2003 year a big sense of urgency within everybody that um, we, we if we were going to lose. We're going to lose without giving it our, you know, our best game. And so everybody practiced like that. Um, everybody came to work like that with a with a new new kind of sense of urgency about uh, what they wanted the their career and their and the rest of their, uh, especially that year to kind of look like. So uh, it's funny because when they talk about great great teams, um, I'd put that one up there with, with anybody. I, I really would because we had players everywhere we i know we lost a few a couple games i'm not sure what our final record was uh but I, I really would put that team up there with anybody we had amazing receivers dbs o-line quarterbacks running backs you know across the board we, we were absolutely stacked it, it was stacked uh and so i would say sometimes just the competition in practices whether it's two minute drills or whatever it was it was sometimes harder than playing in games um because like, every day you would compete, whether it's going up against Mobes or Donnie or or anybody else in the secondary. It really was. The team was uh, like as a receiver, you were fighting for scraps just to get an extra ball. Like <laughs> Terry was stealing balls all over the place. And and then you weren't worried about Terry, you worried about Ed. And, and so if, if the ball was coming, you knew you had to you had to make a play because you weren't going to get many more if you didn't. So uh yeah it was a great group of guys one that i found i actually rewatched the game today and obviously in the background while i was working that's what we'll that's what we'll tell my boss <laughs> but it was just it was funny because you just like would hear all these different names like getting called out after all these plays and it's just like 
wow, you really were stacked when you said, like you said, you have to fight for that ball. Like it was just, and that was before my time coming a fan. So it was just so great to like see your guys' names, even though this game was old, to see it live for me was really actually special. Yeah, no, no, that's, and that's what it was too. Like Terry's going up in the hall and, and, and for, I, I know when I came from Saskatchewan, he was, he was a great, um, mentor to like you never know somebody when he's coming from calgary we had like issues with that <laughs> um, never know what he's gonna be like. uh but he, he was great in the locker room when he was awake um lots of times he was asleep. Um, he'd, he'd, be, he'd be at the back of the room tell everybody he had a sleeping disorder and narcolepsy and, and me and ed would be like what the front door is this guy doing this is supposed to be terry vaughn and he's falling asleep in meetings. We're like, and, and the craziest part was he'd get out to practice and he'd be like, okay, what do I got on this? And, and so I always kind of pride myself in understanding what everybody had. So I'd tell Terry and I'd be like, I cannot believe this guy doesn't know what he does. And then he would get out on the field and 240 yards later, I'd be like, oh, I, I guess that's what he does. <laughs> he really was. He really was. It, it was almost like clockwork. It was almost like clockwork. Every week would be the same thing. Terry would be asleep at the back of the room, and then game day he'd come out and, and bust everybody's butt for like 150 or 200 or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, Terry, t- talk about that, actually, coming from Calgary up to Edmonton because the rivalry was there. Yeah, the rivalry was definitely there. And God's honest truth, I hated Edmonton. I hated the players. Um <laughs> So there was going to be some tension there. Me and the battles I had with uh, Malcolm Frank, uh, <laughs> yeah, Singor, Cavis uh, uh, Reed, the battles that I had with those guys, uh, those were real, you know, <laughs> for real. Those were real. Um, me and Singor had a, a lot longer history because we played together against each other in college but yeah. malcolm frank i didn't like him Davis <laughs> reed i didn't like him and then all of a sudden they're your teammates mm-hmm. and i'm more like okay i gotta bury the hatchet <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you know i kind of took that upon myself to you know ingratiate myself uh with the team and and uh but I always prided myself just – I just always wanted to be one of the guys, you know, you know, and that's kind of how I looked at myself. We all had roles, and, you know, sometimes my role would be to uh, make a big play or whatnot, but, um, you know, like Rick. Rick would always – always make these timely catches when it was needed when he when it was time for him to step up more often than not he did and uh you know so uh, the team that we had we had great leaders on both sides of the ball but it was awesome uh when everybody has their role and then everybody fills their role and that's kind of the best thing i can say about that team we had Great players all over the place, but everybody always did their role. Absolutely. Now, Singor, you you talked about it uh, a little bit already with the the blackout and how that brought the team together. Um, 
I'd like to get each of your perspectives on it because I can imagine that it could be a little bit different depending on how, how you feel about that particular day. But tell us about how that brought the team together and, and kind of what your experience in that moment was. Um, well, my experience, you know, I, I think we're going into that game with the loss, if I, if I remember correctly. I, that was a long time ago. But, you know, that morning – you know, getting ready for the game, heading down to the stadium. Oh, shit. Did I lose you guys? We can still hear you. We can okay. still hear you. Yeah. My bad. Let me find it. There you go. The best part is the other two just Sorry, laughing while you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, going down to the stadium, you know, your mind is – in a, in a different mode of, okay, we're going to play a game today. We get down there. They're like, there's no power. And it's daytime. So, <laughs> you know, then they cancel the game. They cancel the game. So everyone's like walking back to the hotel. You know, the, the, the one thing that really, I mean, this might not be anything to do with our bonding, but hot dogs were $3 on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Like well, on the way back. <laughs> hot dog. The hot dog guy could uh, break a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> but no, so we you know we get back to the hotel and it's like you know the power's out in the hotel and no one knew the power was coming back on. There was no food. There was like giving. Hey, you guys want ice cream in the freezer because it's gonna melt. You know, and now it's like, all right, well, now I got to get to know some people because <laughs> we're stuck in a hotel. There's no food. Um, I think the only thing in Toronto that was going on was a wood burning stove at some pizza place. And I think Sean Fleming had that organized or something <laughs> like that. Sean always got some crazy stuff going on. But, you know, we're in the lobbies playing cards because that's where the only light was you can't get up to your room because there's no elevator um phase but 10. No, it, what's it? yeah phase 10 seriously oh i was phase just 10. here i was gonna say it's poker right no phase 10 wow phase that's 10 poker for hours on it you know and then what real? I, I think what really brought it together was when they took us to uh, Sports Check. Sports Check. Oh yeah. Out of <laughs> they took us Sports Check and gave us like a stipend to get clothes. I'm like, dude, the whole team is there. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but that that's like some brotherhood type stuff. It's like, man, you know, man, we going in here. We gonna get our clothes. But we're going to play this game. <laughs> Whenever we play, we're going to play it. <laughs> and from that point on, everybody, like, really trusted each other. Because they went through a, a, a downhill together. Well, that's when you bond. When stuff doesn't go right, you know who has your back. And we had each other's back. Amazing. Terry, what do you remember from that game? You know what? I, the one thing I do remember is, you know, I kind of go to the game kind of early and we're in a cab 
and we get turned away or whatnot. But we're downtown Toronto, and everybody's falling out of bi- out of the buildings, and you got twenty, thirty thousand people on the streets. Yeah, and it's like, okay, what the hell happened? And you know, we're hearing whispers of you know we don't really know what happened, you know, what's going on. Um, but it was uh, a little nerve wracking, um, trying to find some food, <laughs> you know, I, you know, the, the hot dog guy, you know, the, the line was literally around the corner and, you know, I was like, well, I'm not getting a hot dog. And so <laughs> it, it was, uh, Like it was a little nerve wracking, you know. Um, I remember going back to the hotel. It was a a crazy experience, you know. But like Singor said, as players, you know, um, the bonding, the camaraderie, uh, you saw a lot of that. I mean, you really hung out with guys that sometimes you didn't hang out with, and uh, you know. definitely brought our team together um hence that's why you know we put a black diamond mm-hmm. in our ring for the blackout yeah which you is know. so awesome yeah yeah amazing uh what about you rick what do you remember about the blackout uh you know a lot of the same things that uh tv and mobs talked about for me it was um terry was early all the time in games but i, I always kind of waited on a bus and and so I remember hopping on the bus and um and and, and I fell actually fell asleep on the bus and and so we we're going towards uh the stadium and I remember uh waking up like probably 15 or 20 minutes later and we haven't we haven't moved like a foot like we're out of the hotel and we're getting down and we just didn't move and I was like what the front door and so we didn't know what was going on we had no idea and so it took a long time to get to the stadium on the bus and then when we got there, um, like normally the guys that are, are earlier are dressed and either walking around the field or doing something. And this time, like most of them didn't have anything on. And, and so we're all trying to figure out what, you know, what's going to happen in the game. They, Terry's right. They started filing people out of the building. And, and then we heard it was getting canceled. And then it was a journey trying to get back to the hotel uh, street. And all the street vendors stories are, cry, are correct, man. They, they probably made – their retirement fund off of that one night alone because <laughs> they were charging a hundred times, whatever it was, prices skyrocketed. But it, it really was the, there was a lot of cards being played, whether face 10 poker guys were losing their shirts in the lobby. Um, there were IOU <laughs> all over the place <laughs> because nobody could get to a bank machine because there was no power. So I just remember people had like paper all over. I owe you a hundred. I owe you five hundred. It was unbelievable. Like there were IOUs everywhere. And then kind of like what Moves was talking about. I do remember that sport check night where guys were leaving the sport check with like just bag loads of clothes and shoes. Like we're like, so what exactly is our honorarium to go to sport check? And and they didn't really because you know it hadn't happened before, so they didn't really have a number at the time. So people were walking out with like four or five pairs of shoes, and we're like, "Look, you might want to get, some, you might want to get some draws. We really don't know how long you're going to be here for." Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> we had a couple of we were like, maybe go put the shoes back, go get some underwear. underwear. You might want to get some of those. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the experience and a memorable one that uh, you'll never forget. Oh my goodness. I'm like tearing up over here. You guys have some wild stories. I love it. Um, so let's hop back to 2003. What would be your most fondest or favorite moment in the Grey Cup game? Terry, we'll start with you. Just uh, the celebration afterwards. I remember uh, myself, Shannon Garrett, and Rick Walters carrying the Grey Cup. That, that was it for me. Um, I, I remember that. I remember taking pictures with the Grey Cup after the game. We were carrying it across the field. Um, it's weird. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of plays and stuff like that. Never did. I, I can remember the balls I've dropped, though. Um, I don't remember the <laughs> touchdown plays. And really, I don't remember the touchdown plays, but I remember the plays that I didn't make or the balls that I dropped. Uh, but I do remember specifically, you know, it was a really good moment, you know, when we were, we had the Grey Cup and, uh, you know, we were walking across the field. Do you have a picture of that, Rick? I do. I do. Yeah, so yeah, I. It's on. Absolutely. It's on my wall. And Terry, yeah. Terry's right, though. Like, you play in so many games, but it's it's very rare. Do you remember the games, per, per se? You remember afterwards in the locker room um, with the guys celebrating. It, it was that game really was a culmination of a few years worth of like lots of years worth of work with, with how close we were in 2022 or 2002. And, and then finally winning in 2003. Um, and then obviously doing it in, in Regina, which is, which is a hotbed for football as well. So um, yeah, it was, it, it was the stuff after um, the stuff hanging out. It, it was the experience throughout the year. Uh, it, it really was a, I don't want to say a sense of relief, but just, just that, that, that we had done that, done, done that together, because if we wouldn't have done it, it would have been, um, yeah, it would have been obviously over very disappointing. So yeah. a lot of relief, a lot of relief. Um, I would say, uh, my memory, um, I think it was when Good timing. Good. It's always a, there it goes again. <laughs> there it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> Mobes is one of those guys who was riding those Iowa games. <laughs> that, 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 that Washington State connection. That terrible connection. <laughs> All right. Try again. You were going to say it was uh, my memory was oh. is how far we got. I, yeah. I'm out, I'm out at a, at a, uh, in a harbor. You guys can hear the Jamaica, the the reggae music in yeah. the background, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> keeps keeps dropping this. This is an interesting way to do this. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's get, he's getting. I'm sure he'll come back at some point. Uh, <laughs> there, there he comes. Lost you. Lost there we go. Now we're good. Back. Yep. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, can but no, you? I'm okay. So. Oh, jeez! <laughs> I've never had so much suspense about what he remembers. Before. 
Oh my. Uh, all right, we're ready now, Singor. Go. <laughs> all right. I, I would say it started on the plane ride to Regina. Once we got off the plane, um, our whole attitudes were: we're going to win this game. We don't want to have to. We don't want to see Montreal. We don't want to be in the same area as Montreal. We knew we were going to win that game. Um, you know, we're going to out physical them. We're going to be faster than them. We're going to take the game to them offensively, defensively, special teams wise. Um, I don't think there was any doubt in our mind that we we're going to win that game after the 2002 season. Um, we came up with a different mentality. Um, yeah, it, we sort of reversed the roles because in the past they used to bully us around and we decided to be the bullies and take the game to them and you know we won and brought the cup back to where it belongs and um to get our names on that cup for a lifetime um but the, the ride was the ride um so yeah it was great to raise that cup but i know we thought we should have had it the year before so we had to come back in 2003 and prove ourselves that no, the cup should have been with us at home in 2002, mm -hmm. and we should have took it in 2003. You guys just got lucky. <laughs> that, that they did. I was there watching. It was, uh, yeah, that was that was a tough one for sure. Um, you know what, though, Andrew? I will say this. It is amazing how much difference it makes the rest of your life after you know that you won that and having your name on that, having a – you know, I won't say the ring is the big thing, but it does give you a uh, something to look at and be proud about the pictures that Terry talked about. It's you, you don't really think about it, but then it just comes up all the time, like all the time. Somebody wants to either talk about it. Uh, you see, uh, like you're mentioning, Kamish, when you're watching old games, it just comes up all the time. Um, and so it's amazing how much it does change your life going forward. You're like. Even when you look at guys, I don't want to drop his name, but like Milt never having won one, he's just kind of he's kind of looked at differently. Like he was a great player, one of the best of all time, but not he just didn't experience that moment of having won a great cup and having your name on it for forever. And it's yeah. just it may, it's just different. People treat you different. Yeah, yeah. yeah I still hate. I hate. I hate uh, both of you. <laughs> 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 practice was practice was a game i was gonna say on the defensive side trying to defend these guys even in practice it must have been a disaster oh yeah, yeah we had, we had a lot of battles at practice no doubt you know and and it's what was one of those things that depending on what day it was you know, there was going to be some fights. There were going to be some pushing. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, we all have. No, uh, there was. We're, we're all alpha males. And, you know, uh, no one likes to get shown up uh, in games or practice, you know. Yeah, so, right. um, yeah, you know, and, you know, we, some of us have sh short tempers at certain times. And, <laughs> Oh, really? 
Oh, really? <laughs> well, Terry, I can't imagine you'd have a short temper. You just had a great nap. I mean, you should be rested. No, no it should no, be good. No, you know, every, uh, playing against your own, playing against your own teammates every day, you know, they know what you like to do. They know what you're trying to do. And so at times they get up under your skin, you know, right. they, yeah. they know the play, they know what we're running. Um, and you know, they get up under your skin sometimes and say, consequently, same with the offense going against the defense. Sometimes we get up under the defensive, uh, players, uh, skin as well. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. part, that's part of getting yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> True. And you know, funny is one one of the things that probably doesn't get enough credit for is, um, you know, because you have to find a way to coach those collection of players, uh, especially now that I've gotten to coaching you. You really, when you when you have a whole bunch of really good players, like Terry was talking about, they really have to buy into what their roles were. I, I understood what my role was. Um, we had a, a great collection of receivers, so there was things that you had to do that maybe you wouldn't have had to do on other teams, but, but you kind of, you did that for the, to basically what we talked about to get that ring to win games. And so there are things that you had to do. The, the person that I don't even know who, but putting that team together, there was just so many good players on the team. Uh, and so, and convincing the individuals to play that certain role is a, is a piece that's probably not looked at well enough. So even, even when you look at, at teams now, all the great teams have convinced really, really good players to to, to figure out what their roles will be and, and to to buy into playing that role to the best of their ability. And that's what we did really, really well on that on that team. Yeah, I agree. It, it, I agree. It, it sure seemed that. Way. It sure seemed that way. <laughs> Let's go to fan questions. Uh, we had a couple here. First, uh, our uh, our good friend in uh, Montreal, Cliffy D, says respectfully dis disagree about uh, the 2000. I'm sure about 2002 and 2003 uh, of Europe guys' opinions of it anyway. But uh, I still think that uh, that that's fine. Um, one question came um, from Leanne. Uh, the question is, what has surprised you most about retiring from the CFL? Um, Terry, let's start with you. You know what? Um, for me, I was working out and uh, training to return for another season. And I had difficulty completing my workouts and stuff. And you know, I was talking to my wife. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, and uh, I couldn't complete my workouts, couldn't do my workouts. And, you know, it, it, it takes a lot out of you to prepare yourself for the upcoming season. And I didn't want to do it anymore. If yeah. someone would have said, hey, you know what? Hey, just show up the training camp or, you know what? We'll sign you after training camp, maybe, you know, <laughs> but maybe I would have, maybe I would have tacked on a couple years. But quite honestly, uh, I knew that it was my time to to walk away from the game, and no regrets at all. Um, you know, it's uh, I left the game at the right time, um, and uh, yeah, 
I, I didn't want to cheat myself or cheat the game. So, well, and you uh, left a legacy that's going up on the walls. So that's a good thing. Uh, Singor, what about you when you had to? Uh, oh, of course, fades out right as I'm just asking him a question. I tell you, the timing is amazing. You'd think he planned it. Uh, Rick, what about you when you retired? Uh, you know what? You know what? That, that's a great question from Leanne. It really is. I think what, what kind of surprised me the most is I think when, when, when I left the game around when Terry and Mobes left it, I thought we really left the game in, in a great place. I, I thought we left it when with really good football um, being played, some really great players on the field. I think attendance was high. Like for us, uh, we couldn't go to a, to a Labor Day rematch or a game against Saskatchewan without you know, 40 or 50,000 people being in Commonwealth. So it just felt like it was being left at a great place. And what has surprised me the most about retirement is how the owners of the game or key, not only owners of the individual teams, but just keepers of the league, how I just feel that, I don't know, I don't want to say they have led some of the people who have built the league up to to, to where it is, but I just feel the game should be at a better place. Hmm. Uh, the game should be, it was an amazing game that gave so much to each of our lives. And, and we gave so much of our bodies and heart and mind and soul to the game. I just feel that it was left at a pretty good place. And I'm not sure why it, it didn't just continue to, to uh, escalate, to achieve more and, um, we have so many individuals, so many eyes are on it for the great cup games. I don't know why, why kids growing up all don't want to, uh, experiment or try football or, or play with it. So I don't know if that's an answer, but my retirement life has been, that part has been missing as to why more people don't love CFL. Like how we, uh, are you trying to deliver? No, uh, all right, Singor, what, what's surprised you most about retiring? Uh, <laughs> I would say, um, just being, you know, body being all right. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fair. The, the aches and pains are gone. Uh, the swelling is gone. Um, you know, <laughs> being, able, being able to function. So that's what I say. Yeah. But that's yep. fair. You, you were doing you were doing the hitting. Terry's like, no, I was the one getting hit. That nope, that's <laughs> nope, not the oh. same. You know, my see, also, also going up them three hundred pound offensive linemen too. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, so I mean, it's, just being able to wake up, not feeling the aches and pains and all that stuff. Um. You know that that part of retirement. Also, having free time. <laughs> <laughs> free time. I tell you, you know, you, you don't you don't realize, you know, when you're playing a season, it, you, you don't get any free time really because once the season's over, you go back into working out, getting ready for the next season. You know, once. Once retired, you know, oh, wow, I got a lot of time on my hands. I, mean, <laughs> I can start doing some other stuff. I can, you know, go travel. I can go do this, do that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I would just say, you know, your body's not as sore. You get to sleep in. There's nothing you really have to do. <laughs> but yeah, great. That, that's fair. Now, uh, according to uh, your our other guests, um, you did have some free time because you you played a lot of golf while you were here. So I think that <laughs> I mean there was some. <laughs> I didn't play a lot of golf. That's, that's those guys. That's yeah, those, we, that's, we played a lot of golf. We played a lot what? of golf, no doubt. I played a lot of golf. <laughs> Most drove a lot of golf carts. That's <laughs> a lot of golf. It's good. To, I mean, it's good to have a skill. That's a great skill. Yeah, I enjoy the sun. Right? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jerry, you know, always made sure everyone was well stocked for a drink. Well, well, well hydrated. Well hydrated. Correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's. I think that uh, that job is overlooked. It's a. It's a good. It's a good job to have. Um, Okay, so let's uh, uh, we'll get to one more uh, question here. Um, uh, Kobe asks, "What would be your favorite memory from playing minor football?" Um, <laughs> that's really you thought twenty years was a long time ago. What was it like when you played minor football? So, uh, Rick, let's start with you this time. Minor football—that's that's another good question. I, I think um, favorite memory. I, I think. Uh, would would just be, I, I think, growing up, growing up, uh, you know, coming here from Jamaica and then growing up in Edmonton. I think my favorite memory would just be uh, going to going to some of the games to the Knothole Gang and uh, seeing Commonwealth uh, Stadium and and being around like the the great players from Warren Moon, Jim Germany, uh, seeing those guys. Uh, in and around, in and around town, and because uh, there was a big connection with uh, Eskimos at the, the former Eskimos and uh, and the community service, and and them being always being in and around town, uh, and giving back to community. Coming out, they were playing, always playing basketball games, and um, and doing things like that. And and again, this this sounds repetitive because we mentioned it before. It's not necessarily the games you remember. It's all the experiences around the games. Uh, it's seeing guys at Warren Moon having that cookie shop yeah. uh, uh, and, and stuff like that and, and meeting him and, and Jim Germany and Brian Kelly and Tommy Scott and all those guys in and around town, like I said before, because guys, when they came to Edmonton, they, they stayed in Edmonton. They're a little bit like, you know, Terry, when he, when he opened up his restaurant and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are impactful for, for I think a lot of a lot of young athletes growing up. They they you remember those kind of things. For me, um, I always have this. Uh, uh, I remember playing running back, and you know I break through the line. I'm running down, you know, a really long touchdown, and my mother she beats me to the end zone. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that my mom my mother was uh she ran track and she was uh really fast and i couldn't really i couldn't beat my mom and run, running until uh i was like 10th grade before i could was she, she bow legged as well no no she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't but she was uh she was fast she was uh 
one of the uh, she actually was the South Carolina uh, sprint champion uh, wow. back then. And uh, but I couldn't beat my mom until I was in the tenth grade. So, but I, I, I that was one of my first early memories of playing football. And uh, yeah, um, I always remember that. That's awesome. Now, so when you started the game, would she be having a nap on the sideline, then run down after you, and then be like, "No, I'm just kidding. I gotta nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> That's a, not like practices. All right. Um, I just think that story just made me laugh so hard. I can't. Uh, I keep bringing it up. Singor, can we hear you now? Playing football that was drilled in my mind. Um, also, no one would ever come to my house to stay the night because my dad was the head coach. <laughs> and we always worked out in the <laughs> so so that, so that was it so but no i mean um playing football brought a lot of opportunity um at a young age um even at this time in my life it brings a lot of opportunity uh you know being able to coach being able to talk about what it takes to get to the professional level um you know because some of the younger kids they they don't they don't know what it takes they think they know what it takes um until they actually have to do it you know a lot of kids nowadays they want to be there but they don't want to put the work in to get there what it takes to get there showing them what it takes to get there um, I think that is definitely um, a big part of being able to play at a, a pro level. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's try and get you guys uh, out of here on this one. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the current team. Um, have you uh, have you been keeping up with where they're at and uh, and wh what are your general thoughts, Terry? You are uh, kind of smiling, laughing. So I'll, maybe I'll start with you on that. What uh, what are your thoughts? Okay, so <laughs> they're this, setting up here. Yeah, this is uh, secondhand <laughs> knowledge. So this came from Milt. So okay, when I ran into Milt and uh, in Dallas about six, seven weeks ago. Um, he just said that, that Eskimos are terrible. He said, TV, they they haven't won it. I guess at the time they had a losing streak that, how long was that losing streak? Uh, which one? There's two of them that were going on. Uh, there was, uh, the home game one is up to 23 games now. And the, um, and the, and then they had a 13 game in a row if you count from last year to this year that they okay. hadn't been able to pull out a win so it's i mean yeah. they did they did win last week so i mean it's, yeah. now we're, it's it can only go up from here uh Correct. but uh, we did have a couple of of not so great losing streaks for sure so yes that's what uh milk was uh, explaining to me and um like you said uh Rick you when you left the game, the game was in a good place. You know, Edmonton was in a good place. And <clears throat> what I've always, uh, I've always been fortunate to play when I was in Calgary, Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia, Henry Burris, Dave Dickinson. Mm -hmm. 
you know, came to Edmonton. Jason Moss, Nelon Green, Ricky Ray. Not I've bad. For- Not bad, right? <laughs> yeah. So I've been fortunate to play with uh, good quarterbacks. And it's and what Milt explained to me is uh, the quarterback situation for most teams, uh, they're not developing quarterbacks anymore. You know, whereas before, they do, the CFL as a whole developed a lot of quarterbacks. Um, Calgary, Edmonton, um, they've always had that luxury. And uh, it looks like the CFL in the whole doesn't anymore. Um, but um, yeah, so that's that's the kind of the secondhand knowledge I got from uh, Milt and how Edmonton was doing, you know. So, right. well, I mean, good thing you guys all be there. You'll lift all their spirits. Uh, Rick, what do you think? Uh, complex question. Um, mm-hmm. Very complex question, especially being up here. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Terry. Uh, CFL's quarterback lead. Um, and so you need a strong quarterback to be successful. Uh, that, that's been proven in, uh, time after time. Uh, I think um, with the Elks, it, it's straightforward. He, he looks like he's got a little juice, obviously, in his legs. He, he reminds me a little bit of Nilon. Um, uh, and, and he doesn't, for the most part, turn over the ball, which, which you, you need your quarterback to do. Uh, and if you can surround him with uh, good players, then, then, then they'll be uh, successful. I think that as a whole, uh, you you need to to make sure that where you're putting finances in in building a team is is how like so if you have uh, for example if you have a quarterback that's that's only throwing the ball maybe twenty or less times and there's probably other areas of your team that you want to put your finances towards making sure you have a good old line. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good running game, good defense. Um, maybe your finances should not be spent in having uh, in the ratio having um, um, high, high level receivers, I guess, because if you're only throwing it 15 to 20 times, you, you need other areas of your team to, to be stronger, to be stronger. So um, it, it's, it's, it's a very complex question. You hope that um, um, that tasting uh, a victory helps propel them to a little bit more in, in the second part of the year. But winning, winning is winning is not easy. Winning takes a lot of time. A lot of people think that um, all you got to do is continue to work hard, uh, but that is only one little piece of, of winning. And, and these guys will tell you, um, you need good players to win. Uh, you need a structure and a good culture and a good environment to win as well. So uh, there's a whole lot of elements that go into into winning, and 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 hopefully, hopefully they're they're starting to make some inroads towards that. Absolutely, uh, could, yeah. If they were only throwing the ball 20 times uh, in the early 2000s, Terry would be like, "Yeah, no, I can find a different team. It's all good. Yeah, that's no problem. I'll take my 300 yard games to somebody who throws the ball to me. That'd be great." Uh, Singor, uh, have you followed the the Elks recently? Do you do you have any thoughts on the team right now? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have. Um, 
you know, uh, my mindset is tradition. Um, the guys that you, because when I was brought in, most it was, you know, all about tradition. What you're playing for, we mm -hmm. don't miss the play. And the guys, you know, that I learned from, you know, you got your Larry Rucks, your Willie Plessons, um, Benny Goods, Leroy Blues. Um, you know, they instilled that in you that, you know, we're a top-notch team, um, we're a brotherhood, and we're playing to to win day in and day out. Um, you know, I, and I just don't think those guys know that. Hmm. Um, know, know what? Know what? organization they play for yeah it's cool yeah i play professional ball but you play for one of the best organizations in north america i mean when we lost the first playoff game or didn't make the playoffs that year 2006 yep i think it was 2006 we didn't it was make it. Mm -hmm. hell that's it that's a crappy feeling yeah. to be that team to have that sit on your shoulders. You know, um, you know, I don't think these guys understand what, what was built, um, in that organ in the green and gold, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of history goes behind that team. They haven't won what 14, 15 Grey Cups for no reason, um, you know. Uh, and I, I think tradition is lost um, amongst the players. You know, I don't know how they get it back. Yeah, when they they got a win, which is great, but how do they build on that? How do you come back to be the flagship? Because um, I know when we played for Edmonton, we were the flagship. Everybody wanted to be on that team um, mm -hmm. because of the history, the tradition, you could win there. Um, I think that's lost amongst players and um, maybe even management. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope we they can they can bring that back. And, and I hope part of that starts too, with getting you guys all here and being, Oh, I hope you guys get a chance to interact with them and be able to, you know, share some of that wisdom, some of that knowledge and uh, you know, some of the, um, the, the greatness that you guys brought. Uh, so um, I, I'm, I'll, I'll let you guys out on this. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking some time with us uh, to chat about the team, uh, chat about some stories and, and, and what you guys did together. Um, uh, Singor, you kind of already answered this, but, but what does the, what does the EE way mean to you? To me, um, you know, uh, bring your hard hat, your lunch pail and your sledgehammer. Let's go to work. <laughs> I, I feel like at some of those practices, the sledgehammer might have been prohibited just in case. Uh, but that is. Uh... <laughs> That's the way. I mean, you know, I mean, in, at least my position, you know, the, the guys that, I mean, 
You know, you got Willie Pless, Larry Ruck, you had Kepley. I mean, those guys came to work with their hard hats, lunch bells, sledgehammer. We're getting it done. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean, Terry and Rick, I mean, they had receivers to follow. I mean, the receiving cores in Edmonton weren't slouches. They were great receivers. You know, I mean, there there's guys that you had to follow to be good. Yeah, in it wasn't you just come down that you want to eclipse, that you want to reach, and those were the greats. You know, when you come to Edmonton, there's someone in front of you that you want to be great, like. Period. Yeah, you know? that's so true. So true. And, uh, and a bit, and that, like you said, that tradition means a whole lot to learn. Okay. I got to be that good to get to that position. Right. So yeah, I agree. Uh, Rick, what about you? Double E way to you. You know, Mo said it really, really well. Um, and it, it is about the tradition. Um, uh, it's about the history of the game. It's understanding. I, I know it's funny when, before we won in, in 03, um, there was a time period, a, a gap between winning. And I know for a while we were a little bit tired of, of hearing about all the winning that happened before we got there. Yeah. Uh, and so you were, you know, because you're held to that high standard. Um, so there is a culture and a history um, that goes with being part and, and wearing the jersey, not only on the field, but off, off the field as well. The responsibility that you have to the community um and i think the community felt that and they built off of that and so they supported the teams that were coming up during that time because they felt that the players were all in in terms of what that looked like and, and a lot of that was the culture that was created by guys like mobs and terry and, and ed and the guys before us uh from willie and giz and, and all those guys so they so it's that passing of the torch, but also passing of the knowledge of what that meant to be not only on the field, but also off the field. So, and maybe that's a part that's kind of missing in the fact that they have some mature players, but they don't necessarily have players that grew up in the Edmonton double E way. And there is a way it's not only, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It's not only on the field, because it's knowing how to carry yourself off the field, knowing the impact that you have on others' lives around you. Uh, so it is a, uh, you know, when they're looking at bringing in people, I think that might have been a big misstep in in terms of um, you, you want to have younger players on your team for sure. Every football team does, and you need younger players. But at some point, the EE way was having – and some established guys who were moving up in their ages, but that could show people what it looked like to the culture around Edmonton felt like how you had to play, how you had to carry yourself. And, and that, so that's kind of what the EE way means to, to me. I think it's, it's, it's an all encompassing way of living. Amazing. Amazing. What about you, Terry? I agree with Rick. Um, for myself, that was something that I learned. It wasn't just what I did on the field. 
that's what I also did in the community. Um, but that was also taught to me. Um, when I came into the league, I had Alan Pitts to learn from. And mm-hmm. Alan had a great work ethic. We're to- two totally different receivers. But I took his, the way he worked in practice and and I took a lot of the things that he did and tried to put it in my game. I took, I brought that to Edmonton and, but the established players, the guys that already been there, I learned from those guys. Like I told you guys earlier, you know, I had to ingratiate myself mm-hmm. uh, to Malcolm Frank and Cavis mm-hmm. Reed and be a part of the team. And, uh, drop those old beefs that we had on the field and stuff and, uh, you know, and, and do my part. You know, my I was asked to basically, you know, be a leader on the team and, you know, and uh, play my role. But the big thing about the Edmonton Eskimo way is definitely, you know, doing it on the field, but also doing it in the community. You know, the community part, that's a big part of it. Um, And for me, you know, that's the part I learned, you know, when I came to Edmonton. You know, yeah, when I signed there, um, you know, yeah, you want me to be a good player and all that stuff. But there were a lot of things that, you know, is required of you as a player off the field as well. And uh, we did a lot of those things. Amazing. Uh, Well, thank you to all three of you um, for for joining us for this, for telling us some stories. Um, Terry, much congratulations on going up on the wall, a well-deserved honor. Um, And we are very excited to see all of you guys uh, out on the field at halftime this coming Sunday, uh, when we will all be in our stands, wiping away tears and clapping and uh, remembering uh, those, that 2003 year, which was a a roller coaster, but with, with an amazing end. Um, So thank you all for joining us so much. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, We will be back with more of the podcast in just one moment. What's up, fans? This is Kevin Brown, and you're listening to the Turf District Podcast. All right, we are back to talk more about the games and things. Um, Kayla, that was amazing. Yeah. You can say more. It's okay. I did. (laughs) But if we cross over... It's okay. You just go ahead. Uh, We're trying to fix the echo. Sorry about that, guys. I'm not sure why that was going on for just this first night we're having this issue. Of course. All right. Let's let's talk about the win. Elks 24, Thai Cats 10. Very exciting. Uh, Nice to see the boys pull out a win, even though there was a weather delay that uh, basically made it like it was almost two games, uh, which probably also helped uh, because they're better in first halves. Uh, They played three of the four quarters, uh, got all the way through first and second, uh, third quarter, a little bit off, and then the fourth quarter turned it back up again. So, Kayla, give me your goods from this game. I'm still trying to fix this. 
it's gonna irritate me. Okay, uh, let's see. Well, I think the first thing that we have to mention is friggin' Manny Arsenal and his 9,000 receiving yards completed 100%. at this game. That is bar not like obviously the win is great, but like what a success story for Manny and to have him on our squad and just to have that veteran leadership back. And he actually had some catches. It was great. It's great to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, all four quarters were played. Like you said, the third was a little lackluster, kind of on both sides. Um, no points scored. Oh man, I actually have a lot of goods. So hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. I should probably put on my glasses too, so I can. There we go. Um, all around, I just like the composure of this team. They actually showed up, and it looked like they wanted to win. They they remained cool, even in, on the third. You could see there was a little bit of, you know, I, I would say a little tension just because nothing was getting done. Um, same with the fourth, but at least we got a field goal, which leads me into my other great Dean Faithful solid night yeah, executed, absolutely. executed every single kick, excellent, even into the wind. Got that last field goal. Boop, 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 boop. Um, defense went wild. Seven sacks. Amazing. Niles Morgan, he's so fun to watch. He is so fun to watch. Really miss um, Lou, but that's all right. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, the penalties were down. Dumb penalties at stupid times, but they were better. Not as crazy, so yeah. But I don't want to take everything from you because I know we have a few more things to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple more. I uh, I was very uh, well. I was blown away by the trick play. The Taylor Cornelius uh, lines up for you know second and one. Looks like he's gonna lunge forward. Drops back. The 45-yard one-handed catch by A.C. Leonard, uh, which we did not see coming, uh, but that was an amazing catch um, and 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 a great play uh, and and nice confidence booster for for Taylor, right? So, who has had a, has a bit of a rough go? Uh, Trey overall has a great game, uh, three of 18. So yeah, only passing it 18 times, but. 174 yards with two TDs through the air, which was amazing. He ran for another 60. Uh, and that Sally Brand play was amazing. The naked bootleg out to the uh, out to his left. Uh, loved it. Loved every minute of that. Um, hitting Dunbar in full stride, running across the middle for oh, just and and not like run and turn and catch and fall down it's run and catch while you're running and then keep going so i i was really really happy with that um and uh and ed ganey with the uh sack slash forced fumble was uh also truly amazing I, I was pretty happy with that so uh so lots of good things in this game so my question for you kayla uh do we have bads or do we even want to talk bads after we had that Improve. We'll just say improvements. I think that's better than bad. So we have, we have imp a lot of improvements to still work on, but I know you, that trick play was amazing, but I think I watched that Kyron Moore um, mm -hmm. sweep like mm -hmm. 10 times. I, oh my gosh, just running lateral. 
and Trey Ford just flips the ball up. Kevin Brown switches sides and tries to fake it out. And then Kyron Moore, he didn't get a first down, but when I watched that, that perfect little flip up by Trey Ford, I was like, ooh, this is, this is the football that I want to watch. That trick play and then this, like, yes, <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Um, I think the the biggest thing that stuck out for me, so I'll I'll just do I'll do one improvement is just again um on the receivers really gotta catch those freaking perfectly thrown balls. Mm-hmm. You need to. Oh my god, I think there was three perfectly thrown balls dropped by I think three different receivers. There was Gino, there was Dylan. And there was one more because I just rewatched the game. Dang it! I didn't write it down. It doesn't really matter it, who it is. Oh, you just have to catch. That's that's it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you you just got to make those catches, and and I know like once in a while it's fine, but it just seems like that's the one thing that's starting to really stand out. Is okay. We had that problem with Taylor Cornelius where it just was there was the chemistry was off, but now these balls are dropping into the hands like perfectly. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, do the little giant thing. I don't care. Put some glue on your hands. Just get to catch those balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that uh, Gino, I'll give a little bit of a break to being that it was, you know, rust. Like your first game back. Fine. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that um, uh, well, let's see what happens this week when he goes up for what he calls the 90-10 ball uh, and hopefully comes comes down with it. Uh, Cliffy D was saying extended lunchtime adjustments were made. Well done. And uh, nothing nothing like lunchtime. We like lunchtime. Uh, so great win by the team. That was exciting that they, uh, they got one in there. And uh, now we need to carry that on. And we broke the, the losing streak overall. Now we got to break the losing streak at home, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nervous. I'm so nervous for this game. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on then to our. uh, We did have some signings. Uh, So we we did get. let me just change this here. There we are. Roster update. Uh, we did sign national offensive lineman Toby Letman to the practice roster. Uh, he is a global player. So I'm not national. Why did I put national? Global player because he's from Britain. Um, last played in the European League of Football. Um, so I think we've got uh, now three Brits on the team, which could make a, a very fun podcast where we can talk about tea and training and boots. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're in the yeah. Uh, yeah. Team okay. crumpets. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. I might, I might just like drift off into a British accent and insult everybody. Well, well, I'll, I'd laugh. I'd laugh. Thanks. Yeah. Preemptively. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. <laughs> the joke wasn't yet, Andrew. Hold off. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's. Uh, we, obviously, we don't have Horde and Tell because we don't have a uh, super fan. My, oh, do you have something? Okay, hang on. I had something, but obviously, I couldn't show Rick being I was muted. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just show everybody else. But so if you recall, he was actually one of the first guests that we had when I joined the podcast. I do recall. And he is still to this day one of my favorite guests because he made me laugh just like tonight. I had tears in my eyes. 
So he gave me a card on that day and I still have side card. Nice. And I used to keep it in my wallet. That's why it's all shredded on the side. Um, so yeah, I dug that out of my little treasure chest and I was gonna show him, but I'll bring it on Sunday. And when I'm taking photos, I'll just be like, hey, Rick, look, I still have it. <laughs> but he was so kind and so nice and so funny. Um, when he came on the podcast when I was first on. So I, it was still one of my fondest memories. So thank you, Rick. You're amazing. That's awesome. Uh, our game preview, Elks versus the Red Blacks. Uh, Sunday, 5 o'clock. That means that the tailgate should be open somewhere around 2.30, quarter to 3. Uh, and this week we are going to have brisket poutine. So uh, come down and join us for some uh, wonderful fries, gravy, and meat. How did you want anything more? Like, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's tailgate food. That's what we want. Um, the Ottawa is coming off a, a crushing loss against the Alouettes. Uh, last minute, literally last minute <laughs> loss to the Alouettes. Um and so they, they are going to be uh, fierce in this game. Uh, the one thing I will say is that the Elks uh, will have hopefully some extra support because they, they did give up to 3,000 tickets away for people who were evacuated from the Northwest Territories. And so hopefully that means we've got uh, some more voices in the stadium. Kayla, what are, what you, are you watching for watching this game? For this game? Well, uh, we all know that Dustin Krem can run like the wind. He's no trade forward, but he definitely can move the ball around when he's outside the pocket. So I think, um, you know, we saw some improvement on the run defense. Um, you can't really say anything against James Butler because he'll plow through anybody. He's an anomaly. Uh, but I think that we did have slight improvements. So I'm going to be watching Dustin Krem and the run, our run defense. I think that if you can shake him up a little bit, um, get some blitzes on them. I think we have a chance. I mean, I know we have a chance, but you know, the red blocks are a wild card. You just never know. And I am actually quite shocked that Montreal pulled that off. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I, 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 I picked them, but I'm still quite shocked that they actually, it's CFL though. So you just like, it never, yeah, no, no lead is safe, but yeah, seriously, I just, I'm still shocked, as you can tell. But anyway, that's my that's what I'm watching on this game. What are you? Uh, I am going to be watching the. Um, I'm going to see if we can actually exploit the one weakness that they have on their defense, which is the long ball pass. Um, Ottawa is really good at stopping the run, so. Trey is going to need some help in, in, you know, getting some space. They'll have to shake up the run. You don't want to take KB out of the game at all because he is a talent for sure. Um, but I, they're going to have to shake up their run. They can't, they're not going to be able to just run up the middle and have any success. So uh, there's going to be some, some shake up there, but we can see that Trey can throw a nice long ball. So why don't we uh, try and get some of those ones down the field? Um, I think that would be nice to see. And, uh, like if we're going to win this, we're going to need to, to exploit that one spot where, where they are a little bit weaker or have shown to be a little bit weaker, especially since with the loss of Dandridge. Uh, so that, that's the part that I'm going to be watching. Um, maybe a little trade of Gino. How do you feel about that? 
I mean, you just said it. We had the 10% in this last game, so it's all 90, right? Correct. We have we have all Gino, all catches, <laughs> all the time. I love it. I mean, he couldn't do it last time? Like, come on. He had... I bloody made him my captain, apparently. I thought I made Trey Ford my captain. No, I made Gino my captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was rough. All right. <laughs> uh, well, if anybody has a uh, Elks prop bet for us, throw that into the chat, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. First, we will do our picks for the other games. Uh, first one is Montreal visiting Winnipeg, and uh, who do you have in this? Now, they did announce today, it sounds like it will be Fajardo versus Calaris, so uh, the, the number ones are back. Who do you got in the game there, Kamish? I'm sorry, but Cody against that Winnipeg defense, it's going to be running circles for no good reason. Like, <laughs> someone's coming, running a circle. Um, at home, I th I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, I mean they're, you know, they're not that perfect team. They're not. They definitely have some weak spots, but I mean, I don't know. I just, Cody's kind of one of those quarterbacks I can't really understand. He's so ebb and flow. Like I do, who who knows what kind of Cody we're gonna have? Um, but yeah, no, I uh, that Winnipeg defense is probably gonna go ape. So. <laughs> It, it it's entirely possible. Um, I am going with Winnipeg just to, just the fact on a bounce back game. They they had not the greatest game last week, and that tends to mean that they have a great game the next week. Uh, Calaris comes back and wants to you know show everybody why he's quarterback one, and that that sometimes happens. Now first half probably be close, and then the second half we'll see. Uh, but Montreal has done some great things on that defense, so uh, I still think it'll be a close game. Uh, but I think just Winnipeg pulls it off at home. Mike picked Montreal in this game, so he did give me his picks up front. So we do have uh, a, at least one going the other way. Uh, Mike just became Tim and Cliff's favorite person on this podcast, but that's fine. Uh, next game, Calgary... <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, <laughs> Calgary at Toronto. Um, Mike picked Toronto in this game. Uh, it is Toronto at home. They are coming off their final buy of this year. They've had all three buys in the time that we've only had one. Uh, schedule makers, it's very interesting. I, I don't get it. Um, so I am also going with Toronto in this game. Uh, I think that uh, Chad Kelly is coming out, and Calgary just is is struggling um they they have moments of brilliance and then a, a lot of downtime so um it's uh it's sad we're doing the same thing but let's have them lose and us win and then it makes labor day so much more fun that's what i like all right go kayla yeah no same i was just thinking the exact same you know you really gotta just like dampen their spirits just a little bit more and more so when we go to calgary we stand a chance <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I'm banking on. I, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. Uh, that, that that makes sense. All right. Hamilton versus BC. It, or Hamilton at BC, actually. They're traveling all the way out to the far coast. Who do you got in this one, Commissioner? You don't need to turn it on. Yeah, I just like... <laughs> I still can't believe that game. I'm still choked. So doesn't matter, right, though. Right. I agree. Running Adams. 
again, almost 500 yards. Yeah. 453 touch. Sorry, no. And loses. BC. BC. All right, good pick. I like that. Uh, this is going to be a clean sweep. I'm picking BC, as is Mike. So um, we think uh, Hamilton traveling out uh, the, you know, basically two time zones, but turns into uh, like almost three hours, I believe, coming across. That's that's a lot uh, to overcome. They, they don't have a lot of success in BC or in Calgary. Um, so BC bounces back. When you throw for 400 yards in this game, it'll be a higher score. So I'll let I'll let BC have this one for sure. Uh, now, prop bet. Um, oh, we've got a couple of going in here. Uh, Kayla, I will list them off to you and you tell me which one we're going to do this week. So we have um, time of possession, the Elks time of possession, uh, or number of passes over 30 yards. Those are both good. Let me just see. Is there another one here? Nope, those are the two we got right now. Right now, which one do you like, or do you, do you like have a different those, one? Yeah, those are both. No, please, I never have another one. Those, <laughs> those are both really good. I like the time of possession. All right, time of possession. Okay, uh, that's that's going to be a good one for me. Um, I am going to. Ooh, let's see now. Let's put the over-under at time of possession. Now, this is against an Ottawa team that does have a, a good defense, um, an offense that does find balance between run and pass. Not a ton of two and outs, usually. Ooh, my. Why don't we go with the time of possession for the Elks at 33 and a half minutes? Will you take the over or under on that? I'll take the under, just Ooh. slightly, just slightly. Okay. Because we're going to come out with some bangers and just get them, and then they're going to have long drives and not succeed. Oh, I, it, you're not wrong. Uh, I'm going to go over, though, just to be different, because then we have one up, one down. Uh, last week, uh, I believe Mike was good, and we were both off. I remember correctly. Or did you pick the same as Mike last week? I don't remember. I really should start writing these down. <laughs> what was it? Good question. Good question. <laughs> cool. Oh, no, it was oh, Gino Lewis. It was Gino Lewis uh, passing yards, and it was the under, and I said over, and Mike said under. And do, what did you say? Under. You under. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. I think. You guys win. I lost. I lost. Hmm. Sounds a lot like fantasy. fantasy. Let's talk about Let's fantasy. Talk about fantasy. <laughs> right? Right. No. Uh, interesting week as the three of us finished in the overall point scoring sixth, seventh, and eighth, and yet all three of us lost our weeks. The three people that we were playing finished in the top five. So. <sighs> You love fantasy, love right? Fantasy, right? I freaking hate fantasy, man. It just is a destroyer of my emotions. <laughs> because odds, like, I get it. He he had two players left in the BC game, and I was like, okay, he's taking Vernon Adams as his captain. I already know that because that's smart. And then he took, oh, who was it? Oh, Lucky Whitehead. And that bastard got a touchdown. A huge touchdown. Oh, so I... 
if I would have made Trey Ford my captain and he mm-hmm. picked some like random flex player, I would have won. <laughs> oh, because yeah, he just like shot up on that game because I was like, oh, I'm winning. And then all of a sudden he had like 113 points. And I'm like, how the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It only takes one. <sighs> Boo. I'm fine. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Fine. Correct. That's my fire. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to the audio podcast, please go back and watch Kayla act out her fire because that's uh, that was that was pretty funny. Uh, okay. All right, this week, uh, Superfan gets Daltz from Rouge Radio. Commission, uh, you get Adam from Canadian or. Uh, yeah, Canadian Football Countdown. And I get Oz from Rouge, White, and Blue that you had last week. So maybe I can uh, exact a bit of revenge. Uh, but speaking about Rouge, White, and Blue, thank you to Joe for having Superfan and I on this week to talk some Elks and uh, how everything was, uh, you know, finally a win. That was kind of nice to chat about that. So uh, thanks for having us on for that. All right. Commissioner, let's... Um, Let's wrap this part up. Uh, I do want to say thank you to uh, Terry Vaughn, Rick Walters, and Singor Mobley for joining us to talk a little bit about that 2003 team and and what they think about the team now. Uh, Lots of great memories and good laughs. Um, Commissioner, where does everybody find you online? On Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. Perfect. And you can find Superfan at 56 Parkies and the Edmonton History at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Thanks. I did it right. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at Free Palicious. You can find the show um, at the Turf District that is on all of your social media platforms. Uh, but of course, if you're watching on YouTube, tell all your friends to subscribe on YouTube and be part of the fun. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, a little less technical issues when we record next time. Okay, I swear they were amazing. You just anyway, uh, I, I we we will fix it for next time. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow our friends at Pay It Forward with Football. They are having a fundraising event on October the twenty seventh at uh, MKT Beer Market. They are going. It's going to be hosted by uh, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, and of course they are going to have some alumni and players. Uh, it will be amazing as always. So uh, go and support a great cause in spreading kindness as we should everywhere. Uh, Of course, also after the games, check out my articles on Three Down Nation. Uh, Share if you can so that we can again uh, open up some more conversation. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, If you are on YouTube, stick around. We will have a little bit of overtime this evening. Um, Otherwise, we will be back next week to talk about breaking the home win streak. We're going to get there, right? We're going to get one. Right. I f- Come on, Kim. We're going to get there. Oh, I didn't know you unmuted me. I'm just like <laughs> doing all these like positions of like prayer. Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll get there. It's going to happen. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, so coming down, join uh, us for tailgate, join us for the game. Uh, so for Terry Vaughn, Singer, Singor Mobley, Rick Walters, Commissioner Kayla, and Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we'll absolutely talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.